0: Alhamdulillah, <laughs> Alhamdulillah, wa wa ala So picking up where we left off, um, so the next uh, benefit that Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah mentions is um, the section is the basis of gratitude, the basis of gratitude. So he rahimahullah says uh, remembrance is the basis of gratitude, dhikr, remembrance is the basis of gratitude. No one can be grateful to Allah without invoking him. Again, remembrance is the, dhikr, is the basis of gratitude. No one can be grateful to Allah without invoking Him. Okay, so we all know that it's uh, that part of being a believer is that uh, that we are um, that we th- that we appreciate Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. We thank Allah Taala, and there's a lot of benefit in thanking Allah. There's a lot of benefit in appreciating Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and, and expressing that appreciation to Allah. All right, in fact, Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, that, that if you are grateful to Allah, then Allah Ta'ala will give you more, he'll increase you more. So we know that this is a part of our deen. Um, in another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, lam الناas, that a person who does not thank people uh, is not, or a person who does not thank people does not thank Allah. One, so there's two lessons from that. One is that you should thank one another. When when some favor is done upon you, but the other lesson we learned from this is that uh, it's expected that you thank Allah, right? nasla Allah. If you're not thankful to people, then you're not thankful to Allah. Uh, the Prophet is essentially saying that okay, it's expected that you're going to be thankful to Allah, and one of the ways by which you're going to show your appreciation or gratitude to Allah is by expressing gratitude toward people. So we know this is part of our Deen, right? It's a part of our Deen, and every every believer should uh, should should express gratitude to Allah Taala. But Ibn Qayyim, is taking this one step further. He's saying, okay, what does it mean? How how exactly do we express gratitude to Allah? So he said, dhikr is the basis of gratitude. Meaning, if you want to really, truly express your gratitude to Allah Ta'ala, then you should engage in Allah Ta'ala's remembrance, or his dhikr. No one can be grateful, no one, absolutely no one can be grateful to Allah without invoking him. You know, uh, oftentimes, uh, you know, we as a community, I think, we're pretty comfortable with saying Alhamdulillah from time to time, whenever something good happens to us, right? Or uh, or 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 something, you know, some, some something good's given to us. Then we say, Oh, it's from Allah, it's from Allah. Uh, but you wonder, you know, oftentimes, is that actually from the heart, or is that lip service? Is that just something that I'm saying? You know, so you, you see you see one of your friends, and your friend sees that you have like this new nice, you know, whatever, eighty thousand dollar car. Uh, and say, oh, how'd you get that, you know, alhamdulillah brother, you know, Allah just blessed me, right, uh, It's from Allah, you know, so, yeah, that you are expressing gratitude, but that's, uh, that's, uh, but is it coming from the heart, or is that just an expression of the tongue, is that a habit that we've established, that, you know, when something good happens, I'm going to say it's from Allah, and that's just going to be one of my habits, Um You know, somebody moves into a new house and you have a housewarming party and everybody comes to the house and says, mashaAllah, what a beautiful house, it's so beautiful, you have this, you have that, and what do you say? You say, oh, alhamdulillah, you know, Allah has blessed me, it's from Allah. You know, we we say it, um, and we think that, okay, now we're thinking Allah, but are we really thinking Allah, or is this just a habit that we have, that whenever something good happens, we want to say it's from Allah. So he says, no one can be grateful to Allah without invoking him, you know, meaning, if you want to be truly grateful to Allah, then call upon Allah and call upon Him regularly and call upon Him abundantly. That's real gratitude. Real gratitude is when you reflect upon who the, the attributes of Allah, when you engage in the dhikr of Allah, when you make mention of Allah. Um, Bayhaqi mentions that according to Zayd ibn Aslam, Musa salam said, O oh Lord, O oh Allah, You have blessed me abundantly, so show me how I can thank you abundantly. You have blessed me abundantly, so show me how I can thank you abundantly. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, remember me abundantly. When you remember me abundantly, you thank me abundantly. And when you forget me, you do not believe in me. So Musa is asking, Allah subhanahu wa taala says that, look, if you want to show your gratitude, the best way to show gratitude to me is to actually remember me, remember me often, right? And you can take many examples from your own life. Uh, you know, when someone ever has done something good to you, right? You can thank them with your tongue and say thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, but when you um, make mention of them time and time again, that's real gratitude. You know, for example, let's say that, you know, you were really struggling to get a job and you, uh, you have someone that wrote you a letter of recommendation, or they made a phone call right, to the company and said, hey, listen, you really should consider this candidate. So uh, you're, you, know, you ask, can you please call, can you please call? They call and they say, can you, can you please accept this candidate? Uh, and then you get a phone call for an interview, and they say, oh, so-and-so called you, and you're like, wow, that person really did me a favor, right? So yeah, you can go thank them. That's one sign of, free. you can send them flowers, you can send them you know, whatever gift you want to send them. That is a form of gratitude, and it will be looked at, right? But real gratitude would then be that, you know, you always make mention of them. Yeah, you know, how'd you, how'd you get that job? Honestly, it was that one person. He really put in that word for me. And even when you're there, you're always talking about that person. That, you know, so-and-so, he really helped me. He really helped me. He really helped me. You make mention of them, right? That's gratitude. Um, you know, you, you may have the situation uh, even like at work. Um, you know, in, just using my own personal example, um, there were, when I was in residency, there were, quite a, there were a few people that really, like a few physicians that really uh, had an impact on my training, like really had an impact. And obviously, I thanked them and I expressed my gratitude however I could. Um, but one or two people really stuck with me and I'm really appreciative of them. And I realize that uh, even today, now when I'm at work and I'm now no longer at the place where I had done my training, I'm always mentioning that person. I'm always saying, I'm not, I'm not going to mention his name, but let's just say it was Dr. I don't know, dr jones smith i don't know dr patel is probably more common i don't know (laughs) let's just say it was dr smith right i'll always say that hey you know i had this one attending that dr smith that person was just something else you know he did this he did that he taught me this he taught me x y and z you know, that's, that's gratitude, you know, we do it, we do it in a lot of circumstances. That's real gratitude. What you're basically doing is you're making mention of that person time and time again because you, you don't want to forget the favors that they had upon you. So we do this in our own life, we do this in the workplace, we do this in school, we do this with our families. Um, this also applies to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. If you want to show gratitude to Allah ta'ala, then the way you do so is by making mention of Allah abundantly. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to make mention of him and do dhikr of him to other people. Again, because then maybe it's just lip service. You know, some people, they, they mention Allah every single time they're in public. But in private, there's no mentioning of Allah. You know, they say, mashallah, alhamdulillah, subhanallah, brother, Allahu Akbar, you know, all, la ilaha illallah, always in public, right, make mention of Allah. But when they're by themselves, you know, when they're sitting facing the qibla, when they're, uh, when they're in their own bedroom and the door is locked, Everything else is being mentioned from their heart and from their tongue except for Allah So uh, be very mindful of this, right? What kind of gratitude am I expressing to Allah and how am I expressing that gratitude? Um, when it comes to Allah I mean, there's so many things to be grateful for, right? The mere fact that Allah created us, that is a, a gift that no one else could give, right? I mean, look, there are a dozen people in this world that can give you a job. There are a dozen people, hundreds of people in this world that can give you a car, they can give you a house. There are, you know, hundreds of people that could give you uh, 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 good health. But uh, who can give you life? No one. Who can create you? Absolutely no one. No being. No being could create you. You could put all the minds together. You couldn't create a single human being. Today, 2019, with all the technology that we have, with all our understanding of current genetics, and DNA, and, uh, and, and everything that we have, we can't create. We still have, we're still dependent upon Allah Ta'ala for creation. We always will be dependent upon Allah Ta'ala for creation. So, the mere fact that Allah Ta'ala created us is, the greatest, is a, a huge blessing. Then, after He created us, what did He do? He made us people that believe in Him. The value of Iman, you can't buy it. You can't buy it. People, there are people who have billions of dollars, and they can't purchase Iman. And you and I, we don't have a billion dollars, and Allah Ta'ala gave us Iman. So there's so many things to be grateful for. And then on top of that, on top of Allah Ta'ala creating us when we really didn't need to be created, or we, we could have been created as a rock or a dog or you know a piece of carpet, but Allah Ta'ala chose to create us as a human being. And then as human beings, Allah Ta'ala decided to create us as people that believe in him. And then amongst people that believe in him, of the timeline of all the believers that go back to Adam salam's time, and and go all the way forward to 2019 Allah Ta'ala chose to make us from the ummah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam probably the greatest blessing I mean prior prophets would make dua that they could become from the ummah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and look at us undeserving servants of Allah who've done nothing to achieve to earn this status of being from the ummah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and to be able to receive all the the rewards of the ummah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam to be the group of people that are going to enter jannah before any other ummah are going to enter what did you and I do to er- achieve this so this purely Allah's mercy. So Allah Ta'ala is absolutely deserving of our gratitude. We should be ever grateful to Allah. But being grateful to Allah doesn't just mean lip service. And that's the whole point Ibn qayyim rahim Allah is making. It is far beyond lip service. It is co- actively, consciously remembering Allah Ta'ala. Making an effort to engage in Allah Ta'ala's dhikr. That's showing Allah Ta'ala that I am actually grateful for what you did. To show you that I'm thankful for the iman that you gave me, I'm going to engage in your remembrance. To show that I'm thankful that you created me and no one else could have created me, I'm going to engage in your remembrance. To show that I'm grateful for the health and for the wealth and for the family and for the security that you've given me, Ya Allah, I'm going to thank you through dhikr. Not just through lip service, not through telling other people, I love Allah, I'm actually going to love you. Not telling other people that uh, I I, I love to thank my Allah, I'm actually going to thank you from my heart. Okay, um, so again, just to repeat that, remembrance is the basis of gratitude. Dhikr is the basis of gratitude. No one can be grateful to Allah Ta'ala without invoking him. Um, but uh, hadith mentions that Musa salam said, "O oh Allah, you have blessed me abundantly, so show me how I can thank you abundantly. And Allah Ta'ala says, remember me abundantly. When you remember me abundantly, you thank me abundantly. And when you forget me, you do not believe in me. Okay. The next one, the stations for the of those who labor for the next world. So the next the next benefit of Allah's uh, remembrance, the noblest of human beings, who revere Allah Taala, uh, and the if the Arabic text uses the word muttaqin. So uh, the noblest of human beings who are from the muttaqin uh, is the man whose tongue, man or woman, whose tongue is ever moist with his remembrance, who revere[s] him. Through his laws and makes remembrance his watchword. For by his reverence, atqa, will he achieve recompense and reward to enter heaven and be delivered from hell. By his remembrance, will he achieve a spiritual station, nearness, intimacy with Allah. Okay. So Ibn al Qayyim is distinguishing between two types of people. There are people who are uh, in reverence of Allah Ta'ala and there are people who, uh, whose tongue is ever moist with their remembrance, with His remembrance, the people who are, uh, who revere Allah Taala, uh, they revere Him through His laws and make remembrance their watchword. For His reverence, will He achieve recompense and reward to enter heaven? Okay, let me let me let me read the rest of this. It'll make more sense. Indeed, among those who labor for the next world, there are two kinds of people. Okay, so we know that. Um, as believers, one of our goals, or I, you could say the goal, is to prepare for the akhirah. It is the goal, right? There's that. That is the goal. It's to pre- prepare for what's to come after, not to prepare what's to happen ten years from now. What's to pre- prepare for? Uh, what's to prepare uh, in terms of our eternity? Uh, so that's a goal. And so Ibn al-Qayyim says that amongst those who labor for the next world, so amongst those people whose focus is the akhirah, so there are. People who believe in Allah, their focus is the dunya, priorities aren't right. Then there are people whose focus is the akhirah. priority is correct. From amongst those who fall into the second category, meaning they have their, their priority straight, their head is on straight, there are two types, there are two kinds of people the one who works toward recompense and reward. The one who strives for the Akhirah, why? So they can receive a reward in the Akhirah. So they can receive some uh, benefit, some tangible benefit in the Akhirah. And then there's the one who works towards spiritual stations and degrees, who vies to stand before Allah Ta'ala and to be near him. So there are two types of people that are concerned about Akhirah. One is a type of person whose sole focus is, I just need to get into Jannah whose sole focus is, I just want to make sure I stay away from Jahannam. I want to make sure that I get all of these rewards so that I can um, earn you know, the fruits of Jannah and I can stay away from Jahannam. That's my, that's my goal. And that has a place even in our own lives. I mean, we, are, we, we accept that part of the motivation that we have to do deeds and to engage in the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala, part of that motivation is absolutely fear for, of Jahannam and, and desire for Jannah. But then there's a higher station that Ibn al-Qayyim rahim Allah is mentioning. And these are the people that remember Allah Ta'ala abundantly, meaning they aren't just looking for recompense and reward, they're hoping to get more than just that. They're hoping to get more than just... The average Muslim is looking to get Jannah and to stay away from Jahannam. That's their focus. But the, uh, the uh, extraordinary Muslim, the extraordinary Muslim is looking for more than recompense and reward. The one who works towards spiritual stations and degrees. Meaning that person's concerned with their spiritual rank before Allah Ta'ala. Who vies to stand before Allah Ta'ala and be near him. Meaning the person wants qurb. They want proximity to Allah. That's what that person wants. And Allah Ta'ala mentions them in the Quran. Uh, in Surah Al-Baqia. Muqarrabun. Um, he talks about, uh, what's the ayah before that? Very difficult to go backward. The people at the forefront of the forefront, right? The people that are at the forefront who make the akhirah their forefront. These people are called as Those people whose desire is to be extraordinary. The Muslims that are not satisfied with just being Muslim. They want more than being Muslim. They want the attention of Allah. They want the focus of Allah to fall upon them. They want the special mercy of Allah to fall upon them. They want a very deep connection with Allah. Those people, أولئك muqarrabun Those are the people that are the nearest to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So if, as a believer, you have this goal that, look, I want, I'm looking for more in my life than just reward. I'm looking for more in my life than just reward then you can achieve that through the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what's that more that you're looking for? It's nearness to Allah, qurb, qurb, which is proximity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There was a, a, I think we had a session on qurb in the last retreat, so you can reference that as well. Um, But it's something to think about, right? So if you look there, in general, if we look at our life, uh, mainly because we're, Uh, Muslims that live in a relatively affluent community where people are very educated and Most people from our community go to college and graduate school. I mean we we strive to excel like We aren't satisfied with average, right? I mean, that's just the nature of of Living where we are and in the place and time that we live in and having the parents that we have right? I mean a, a C or a B Might work in some parts of Detroit, but not in not in suburban. You know, uh, with with the with the families that we have, we're we're not satisfied with average when it comes to our Dunya. We want extraordinary when it comes to our Dunya. You you got a B, you got to get an A. You got an A, you got to get an A plus. You know, you got into this university. Oh, you got to get into that university. That's the best university. Right, we're not satisfied. You got you you're promoted to this level. Oh, next you got to get promoted to the next level. Oh, you got you know promoted to assistant professor. Now you got to become a professor or, or associate professor. You got you, you we're never satisfied in our dunya. We always want to excel in our dunya, and that could be good, right? I mean, there there's there's some good and khayr in that as well, as long as it's you know with the right intention and it's with the right uh, end in mind. But in the same way that you and I are not just satisfied with the dunya, we can't just be satisfied with our iman as well. If we're not satisfied with being average engineers and average uh, students and average teachers, then why are we satisfied with just being average Muslims? I mean, why, why is that acceptable? right if we go out of our way to become the best in our professions and the best in our careers and we this is like our goal that we have then why are we as muslims just satisfied with being average muslims why aren't we ex- trying to strive and exceed in that as well so in order so uh, so in the same way that we try to excel there we should excel here too and excelling in deen specifically refers to those people that are as-sabiqoon, those people that are muqarraboon, those people that are looking for more than just what the average Muslim is looking for, which is salvation in the hereafter, the extraordinary Muslim is looking for more than that. They're looking for a deep connection with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. They're looking for something that's prophetic. They're looking for something that's a bit more prophetic than than just reward. Now, some scholars, just to clarify, some uh, scholars were of the opinion in the past that you shouldn't um, uh, that you shouldn't strive in Deen based off of um, the possibility of earning reward, meaning your driving force cannot be Jannah and Jahannam, right? Like you, can, you cannot be an average Muslim. <laughs> but, but our raqidah takes on the understanding that it's okay, you can have that as a motivation as well. Um, but the overwhelming motivation should be love for Allah and a deep connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, um, and then he actually uses the um, ayahs of the Quran from Surah Hadith to explain this principle and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses it, but we're not going to go into that. So then he summarizes, therefore, uh, the people of deeds in whom physical actions predominate, these people work for recompense, while the the arifun, the Gnostics, in whom inward practices predominate, they work for rank, standing, and proximity to Allah. (coughs) So there are people who are just working on their deeds, outward deeds, a'mal, which are important. It's important. But their focus is just deeds, and what they're looking for is just reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just reward from Allah ta'ala. Ibn rahimahullah is saying that those people that are arifun, that are really seeking more in their deen, right, they're trying to become excellent. They're not, they're not satisfied with community college, they want to be at the top university. These are people in whom inward practices predominate, their heart is deeply connected with Allah. And those are people that are working for rank. In the same way we work for rank at work and we work for rank at school and in the university and in corporate, we work for rank. In the same way, these people are looking for rank with Allah Ta'ala, in particular, in their standing and proximity with Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. Make sense? Okay. Uh, one more we'll cover and then we'll, we'll stop, inshallah. Um, okay, uh, this one, is relatively, should be relatively quick. The next point. The next benefit of Allah's remembrance. Remembrance brings the mercy of Allah and His angels to the one who practices it. Remembrance brings the mercy of Allah and of His angels. Sorry, the mercy of Allah and His angels to the one who practices it. Anyone blessed by Allah and His angels has achieved the success of all successes and the victory of all victories. Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an, um, so uh, this is from the Quran. In what surah is this? Since Rat al Ahazab. Uh the Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, that those of you who believe, all of us, Uthkurlah Dhiran Kathirah, that remember Allah Ta'ala and remember him abundantly. kathira And and the the, the they say when when Allah ta'ala says Uthkurlah Dhiran Khathira, Kathirah means abundantly. There's no like limit to this. There's no end point. Right? Some people have the argument that like you should only remember Allah Ta'ala to this degree. No. Allah Ta'ala left it open. Dhikran kathira I mean Within uh, what's reasonable, yes, you, it has to be abundant. There's no set time frame or window for this. But look at the following verse. He blesses you and his angels bless you. No, sorry. Um, and, and glorify him. Sorry. And glorify him by day and by night. What's the effect of remembering Allah abundantly and then sabbihuhu bukratan wa and glorifying Allah by day and by night, which is really what we've been talking about for the, for, for the last you know uh, 12 hours. What's the effect of that? What comes from that? Or what's the consequence of that? The next ayah says it all. ladhi <laughs> alaykum He uh, uh, blesses you. wa uh, and his angels do the same. You know, uh, they send salat upon you, they bless you. They salli they, they upon you. Um, وَمَلَائِكَتُهُ لِيُخْرِجَكُمْ مِنَ الظُّلُمَاتِ إِلَى النُّورِ So that you, he might take you from darkness to light. He might take you from darkness to light. That's the effect, right? That's the effect. We talked about in the first session today, we talked about nur and what it means to be given light by Allah and what power that light has. And we talked about how the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala is what allows that light to enter into the heart. And we see the, the proof of this, we see this directly from Allah Ta'ala in the Qur'an. Allah kathira. Remember Allah abundantly. Ya amanu. He's, he's drawing the attention of the believers. He's not telling all of mankind and all of humanity. He's saying, look, you people in particular. Those of you that believe, remember me and remember me abundantly. And praise me and praise me by day and by night. And what will be the effect of that? That Allah Ta'ala Himself and His angels will then send blessings upon you. And what else will He do? That He'll take you out of the state of darkness. nur toward light bil rahima, And he, subhanahu wa ta'ala, is merciful to the believers. This mercy from him, Allah ta'ala, and his angels upon those who invoke him abundantly is indeed the means by which he brings them out of darkness into light. If this mercy has reached them and they have emerged from the darkness into light, then what goodness has not reached them through it and what evil has not been repelled from them? What else could you want in this world? What else could you want from Allah Ta'ala in this world? That He removes darkness from your life and He fills it with light. So that you can see things clearly. So that you can distinguish between right and wrong. So that you can feel content with your decisions that you're making on a day-to-day basis. So you can see, like we mentioned in the first session, you could see the the backdrop of the stage rather than the small dunya that the small searchlight, the small spotlight is just focusing on. What a miserable life that is. If you are so short-sighted where you can only see the next 20 or 30 or 40 years and you're so blind that you cannot see the next 1,000 or 2,000 or 5,000 or all of eternity that's to come before you and you're focused on what's happened 20 or 30, that's darkness. That's dar- if there's darkness, that's darkness. If I'm caught in that, I don't have light, I can't see. The light isn't shining on the backdrop that's on the stage that shows there's Jannah and Jahannam and the Day of Judgment, and there's life in the grave, and there's a barzakh, and there's eternity, and there's an opportunity to meet the Prophet and there's an opportunity to see Allah and there's an opportunity to live for all of eternity in bliss, and there's, opportunity there and there's the possibility of, of torment and punishment for, for eternity. What kind of darkness is that? If I'm just fixated on 20 or 30 years, because that's all the light that I have that's coming from my heart, I can only see this is right in front of me. I can't see anything beyond that. Right? So he says, uh, Ibn al qayyim says, if this mercy has reached them the mercy that uh, uh, and they have if this mercy has allah's mercy has reached them and they have emerged from darkness into the light then what goodness has not reached them through what more could you and i ask for what more can a human being ask for what more can a believer ask for than this this is it right the the ability to see the ability to see and what evil has not been repelled from them And then he says, and what a misfortune for those who are heedless of their Lord's remembrance to be denied that portion of his goodness, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and grace. And what a misfortune for those who are heedless, who are in a state of ghafla, for the ghafil, what misfortune for those who are heedless of their Lord's remembrance. They just, they don't know what it means to engage in Allah's remembrance. What a misfortune. Like, what a, what a miserable life. If you don't know what dhikr is and how to engage in dhikr and how to remember Allah and how to call upon Allah, what a miser- what a misfortune. Like, you know, what a disgrace. What a disgrace. If you can only see what's in front of you and you can't see what's beyond, what a disgrace. If you haven't been taught... Uh, the what it means to call on Allah and how to call upon Allah what a miserable life you must be experiencing and what a misfortune for those who are heedless of their Lord's remembrance to be denied that portion of his goodness and grace and with Allah ta'ala is the highest accord so we'll stop there inshallah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to uh, benefit from the words of our teachers wa